truth. You can't handle the truth. Talk the talk. Do you walk the walk? Good morning, Active FM. It's PK with a groggy voice this morning. And my friend Luando, <coughs> excuse me. How are you, my brother? Last week you were not feeling well. Are you I'm feeling better? I'm good. <laughs> he, he looks better. He's, he looks energized. His eyes are bright and shiny. And we've got a few people in the, in the studio here, all smiling, all young people. When I talk to them, I feel young again. It makes me feel rejuvenated. It's like when you sp spend time with someone, they can rub off on you, you know? So if you spend time with someone that's depressed, what happens? You get depressed. But if you've got someone that's happy and excited, you become happy and excited. So this morning I want to speak to you about something. And I want to speak about um, how to get rid of old sin. How do you, how do you stay away from old sin? Uh, maybe even some new sin. Some people are Christians and they sin this morning. And, you know... I deal with a lot of different people. I deal with prostitutes, drug addicts. Uh, I deal, deal with people that have come from broken marriages. So there have been a lot of different sins that I deal with. And a lot of people battle with old sins. And um, I want to speak out of the Old Testament, something that happened in the Old Testament, a story, and we'll go from there. So everybody knows King David. King David killed Goliath. Remember, mm -hmm. you know the story. But when he killed Goliath, there were two things promised to him. One, that he would be king. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the second thing was King Saul's daughter. He was promised a, a marriage. Mm. Okay? So that was an arranged marriage. We, some nations, we still do arranged marriages. And I, I want to just give you some insight there. A lot of arranged marriages work. Because the mother and father choose the bride for the young man and vice versa. So they're choosing someone that the family likes which makes it work because many times we go into marriages and then you you get a mother-in-law sometimes it's a monster-in-law and the mother doesn't like the young man that marriage hardly ever works or vice versa the family doesn't like the girl and it becomes a big issue okay so in this case king david was betrothed well this woman was betrothed to king david he she was supposed to marry king david mm. but then her father-in-law was so jealous of david Mm. that he gave this woman to marry to another man. So can you imagine, you say to this young lady, listen, King David is going to be your husband. All of a sudden, King David becomes so famous. You see, the nations used to sing songs about King Saul, that he would, with one sword he would kill a thousand men. When King David killed Goliath, the people would sing songs, and the song would go, uh, King Saul killed a thousand, but King David came, killed ten thousand. So King Saul became highly jealous. Like he was so obsessively jealous about David that he tried to kill David. Okay. There were even some assassins that came to kill King David and King Saul's daughter saved him. She said, hey, they're coming to kill you. Open the window and he slipped out. So this young lady loved King David mm -hmm. and he also loved her. And then King Saul started all this nonsense. For many years, King Saul tried to kill King David out of jealousy and we have in life 
We will always have someone that's jealous about us. They always want what we got. There's always somebody. Okay, so once he had done this, he expected that he would marry this lady and things would start happening, but it never happened. Mm. Throughout the years, 10 years later, because now she's married to this other dude, and 10 years later, King Saul dies and all of King Saul's sons die. So for King David to be king, King Saul had to die. And then his sons would have said, no, but I'm fighting for this position. All King Saul's sons die. So that's where the story is. I want to read from the Bible now. It's uh, 2 Samuel 3.12. Here's this man, Abner. He sends a message to King David, who at the time was in Hebron. It was a place in Israel. He says to him, to say, who is going to rule the land? Make an agreement with me and I will help you win Israel over to your side. So this man had great insight into what was going on. He had great favor and he knew that King David was standing chance to be king. So here's this guy saying, listen, let's make a deal. In our common language, he says, hey, you and me, we make a deal. You become king, I'll be your second in charge. You know, we do that in politics. So King David says to him, good. David answered him in verse 13. I will make an agreement with you on one condition. Who knows what that one condition was? It says this, you must bring King Saul's daughter. And her name is spelled M-R-C-H-A-L. And in the Hebrew is Michael. Okay, people say Michael, but it's not. To whom he, she must come see me. How amazing is that? Imagine I say to you, uh, Luanda, this morning, you're going to be the president of South Africa. Just make a deal with me and it's done. Shake hands, it's done. Mm. King David didn't say that. What he did was he went back to the original agreement. That just shows me the heart of a man. He said, no, hold on. My original agreement was that I would marry that woman. Bring her to me. I want to see her. He didn't know. Did she fall in love with that guy? He didn't know. Did she want to come? He just wanted to see her. He wanted to give her the opportunity to come back and say, okay, this is what the original agreement was. Mm -hmm. The Bible's full of love. Eh? Romance, passion, sex, murder, just like life. So this Ishbot had taken her from the husband and his name is Petiel. I'm going to call him Pete because the name is quite difficult. Difficult. The son of Lisha. Okay, so Paul, the, the name is, is pronounced Portiel. And the last few letters is hell. So anyway, but the Bible says that he took this woman mm. and he took her servants and said, you are going to see King David. It's a far journey. Let's go. She goes. In Samuel 3.16, it says, Petiel followed her all the way to Berham, which is one of the villages, two and a half day travel. Crying as he went. But Adna said, go back home. And he did. He walked behind there for two and a half days. Crying. Please. I want you. Don't leave me. A few things can be there. Either he loved her. Or he realized that if she leaves, his dominance in that village is gone. Because can you imagine you marry the king's daughter? You've got a lot of say. You've got a lot of things that you can do and say that people are afraid of you. Mm. If there's something about you, now you've got to say. So here's this man walking behind her crying. Can you imagine the first night? 
They pitch tents, there's a little fire, and in the distance you hear this man, Please, don't leave me. I want you back. What was that song? I want you back. I want you back for good. I don't know if I'll ever make it as a singer, but yes. So here's this guy crying out. The Bible doesn't say why he was doing that. Mm. But either he loved her dearly, or he just thought, this I'm going to lose you. So for two and a half days, here's this guy just crying and crying and crying. In the end, my thoughts go to this. Isn't that just like our lives when we've got sin in our lives? Sin doesn't just dissipate. So who can think of a sin? Give me a sin that's very common in the church today. Maybe you got an idea. Lying. Lying. Mm. Okay, so so I used to be a liar. When I was younger, I went to the army, and uh, my specific job I had to do, I had to lie. My job was uh, that I had to lie. I had to infiltrate, infiltrate different places. So my, my, my job was to be a liar, to make people think I was something else. Mm. Okay, so that thing becomes so part of you that lying just becomes a habit. Yeah. So when you speak about lying, let me ask you this question. Do you ever lie? Yeah. Okay. Everybody has a different level of lying. Mm. So I always say to men, uh, if your wife says to you, do these jeans make me look fat? Lie. Okay, you've got to lie. Because hmm. if you say, no, your bum makes the jeans look fat, you're going to be in big trouble. So you, you need to have this thing, because people say, is a white lie or a black lie? Hmm. Inherently in us, we want people to like us. So if I say to you, listen, do you like my beanie that I have on this morning? And you don't, because I'm a pastor and you, you feel you're, he knows Pastor Gavin and he might make things difficult for me, say, no, it looks very good. That's a lie. Hmm. Okay. If we had to, and, and I try not to ever lie, and I, I make a point of, of, of rectifying my lies as well, mm. because I know where I come from. I was a bad liar. I could make up stories and make people believe nonsense. So I have to check in my life, the part of lying, I have to check it like often. Because mm. okay? even the exaggeration is a lie. You see? So once you say, I'm stopping to lie, I'm going to follow the Lord. You're going to have that light crying in the wilderness. It's going to be there continually. Mm. It's the same as somebody that's highly sexed and they get married. Do you think that's, and they've been having affairs and that, and all of a sudden they're married. Do you think that promiscuity or that lust is just going to go away? Mm. It's not going to go away. You're going to have this thing crying out to you continually. Mm. And, and, and what we need to be careful of is we think once I serve the Lord, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Those things are coming back. Okay. Mm. Um, Facebook is a clear example. I counsel families. And the guy says, no, I started an affair on Facebook with a girl I knew when I was in matric. How old are you now? It's 30 years ago. How? No, she, she contacted me on Facebook. We became friends. All of a sudden, she said to him, do you know, when I was younger, I had a crush on you. She was like, what? Crush? What do you mean? He said, no, I felt you were very handsome yo. don't you ever want to come for a cup of coffee coffee hotel room sex extramarital affair problems mm. okay so those things will cry out to you continuously yeah there's pastors people think that pastors have got it together they're close to god mm. do you think satan's leaving them alone the sin is going to cry there's going to be a continuing this person in the bush crying out yeah. hey me me same with drugs opportunities at every turn so i had a friend 
For three years, we counseled him. And what we did was, because every time he had money, he would go and use. So his money, when he worked, would go into my wife's account. And then she would say, what do you need this month? I pay my rent, I pay that. Hmm. What do you want from the shops? She would buy that. For three years, she did this. She helped this young man. After three years, he came and said to her, listen, I think I can handle finance. He said, you sure? Yes, I'm done with drugs. Okay, here's your salary. Two weeks later, we can't find him. What happened? No, I used drugs. Hmm. And people will say, well, just stop. Why can't he just stop? You see, you get different types of personalities that you've yeah. got to deal with. Some personalities, while that thing keeps calling to them, while they're still in the area and there's people that they hang around with that used to use, that thing is always going to be there. Yeah. And, and this is the call that I see with this woman. I wonder if she had said, yeah, maybe I must just go back one night with that guy. Mm. Or, or just, let's just, let's just sit and talk to him. Who'd she have gone with David? Because mm. he was trying to convince her not to go. Mm. He'll say, no, I love you. I treated you well. We had something good. But you must remember, this was a forced marriage. Mm. So in the beginning of it, she didn't want to have this marriage. So when the opportunity came, she left. Do you know that there's thing, a thing called Stockholm Syndrome? When somebody gets kidnapped or there's like these pumps that have prostitutes, when we go there and, and arrest these guys, do you know that the, the prostitutes won't testify against them? Mm. They feel sorry for them. Because it's called Stockholm Syndrome. Because in Stockholm in 1976, a whole lot of terrorists kept, I think, 40 people. And they kept him there for like a long time, a couple of months. When the court case came up, people said, no, we will not testify against them. And it was done in Stockholm. So now there's a, it's called Stockholm Syndrome. So sometimes there's women that are with their abusers. Their husband beats them and terrible stuff. They will not leave him because of Stockholm Syndrome. Many times women will say, why don't they just leave? They cannot because it's a psychological condition that mm. keeps the woman there. So perhaps this woman had to fight the, the desire to go back to this guy. Can you imagine you married for 10 years and, and you as a man, you say, no, this woman, she's been messing around doing all these funny things. Every night she's phoning you. Just come on, come back, please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And people go back because they have this idea that things can work mm. so my thoughts are and that's why I wanted to speak to you about this specific idea of what is calling out to you what sin is calling out to you mm. um, in the church we think that people in the church are fine and people out there they think if I go to church I'm going to stop all these things mm. it's a battle how do you fight that battle how have you maybe got a suggestion how what plan would you put in place to fight that battle of addiction Sexual perversion, pornography, uh, drugs, um, stealing. Uh, I don't know what else there is. Maybe you can come up. What idea? What would there be in a suggestion you can give to someone and say, listen, if you're battling with those things, these are the things you can do to help overcome that. Do you have an idea? Um, I do. Good. Give it. But <laughs> I think you should give the the idea because yeah, the, the, the reason why I'm saying that is the way you started and uh, your story is, is so good. So I don't want to, you yeah. know, come from a different angle and oh, change the whole thing. Are you looking for a loan, thing, a financial you know? loan? So, <laughs> so I think the way you're building up this story, yeah. it's, it's so amazing. So I'm listening. So if you look at that story, yeah, that woman was sent with her, her assistants or her helpers. 
The Bible speaks about a handmaiden and things like that. Yeah. She was surrounded by other people that were saying, listen, don't go back there. You were, you were put under there under false pretenses. Mm. I can tell you now, if she was alone, she probably would have gone back there. Mm. She had somebody with her. And you'll see there were some people that were with her that David said will bring her. They must have been with her and said, listen, you're going to miss out on God's promise for you. Mm. God's promise, original promise was for you to be married to King David. Mm. So don't go back there. And this is what's missing in the church today is that we don't have, the Bible says Jesus sent them out two by two. Why did he do that? I can tell you, you send someone out one by one. Your weakness is covered by that guy's strength. So if you go out, let's say you go out to minister, mm. one person will go, be a good speaker, but the other one will have the power of prayer or the power of miracles. Mm. So you keep each other accountable. So a lot of people go to church on a Sunday morning, mm. and that's all they do. They, they're like, ah, oh, bless me, Lord, on a Sunday morning. Or they switch on TV and they, they, they just watch a bit of TV. That can encourage you. But who is that go-to person, that one person that's with you? Mm. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. You surround yourself with other people, and those people might even be battling with what you're battling. Mm. So it's not always a perfect person. In the book of Acts, it says, daily, in one accord, eating, drinking, having fellowship together. They grew together. So what happens when you're with someone daily? If you're with me all day, you're going to pick up if I've got a problem. Mm. You're going to see if, I, if I'm driving with you and every girl we drive past, you turn around and you're looking. I'm going to say, eh, eh, this guy's got a problem with women. Mm. So I'll tell you a story. When I was driving with a, a man, he's not from South Africa, he's a pastor. And we were driving in the car and next to us, pulled this beautiful Mercedes-Benz, one with a long front bonnet, the SLK Black Series, the V12. Mm. I love my cars. And I looked at the car and I thought, wow. And, and the guy looked at me and said, yo, this is hot, eh? I said, wow, I wish I could have that. He said, yes, anytime. She is beautiful, eh? And he was talking about the girl that was driving the car. <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, dude, I'm talking about the car. He was so embarrassed. And then I realized the picture that he had shown me of himself was not what I thought. This mm. man was a man of God, of what I thought, integrity. And sometimes we have people in our congregations with us, friends, and that we don't know what they're doing in the darkest, deepest hour. Mm. To have that person that you can say, this is my brother or sister in Christ Jesus, when I have a problem, I can go to that person. They're with me, not just on the Sunday morning. Sunday morning church is there to worship God, not to rectify our problems. On a Sunday morning, we're there to bring people in that don't know the Lord. We minister to them and bring them into the, the fold. So every congregation should have a buddy system, two by two, two by five, whatever. Because many times when your church grows or your ministry grows, I could never minister to all the people in my congregation. I'd never get to them. So you have to have a man comes into the ministry. Mm -hmm. He gets born again. He's baptized. He said, he says, I'm going to follow the Lord. Guess what happens next? The crying in the wilderness. Mm. Come on back. I need you. I miss you. Can I tell you what's the biggest lie Satan has told the church? Mm. That sin is not nice. Mm. People say, sin is terrible. Anybody here got sin that's ugly? You wouldn't do it if it wasn't good. Sin is good for the flesh. Sin feels good for the flesh. 
not talking about spirit now, I'm talking about physical feelings. Drugs feels good, otherwise people wouldn't do it. Uh, sex, running around, sex, watching porn. People love it. It makes you feel good. Mm. So we're fighting something that the church says, no, sex, sin is bad, blah, blah. It's bad, but it feels good. And that is the battle. The battle is between your spirit and your flesh. Now, some people have got the self-will to be able to say, oh, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. But most people are weak when mm. it comes to sin because it feel, it makes you feel good. You know? So how do you stop that? Is you have somebody with you. You have a prayer partner. You have a Wednesday night Bible study. If you're young, you have a Friday night youth. You know, it used to freak me out because I, I run my own youth. I drop kids off at home. And we'd have so many. Then we'd drop off, drop off. Then I'd drive down the road and I see the one kid that I dropped off at his house. He's now dressed in other clothes. He's going party. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if any others do that here. I can see some smiles here. <laughs> do you know what happened to that young man? Today he's in a drug rehab. Mm. He was going to be one of my leaders. Okay? This young man got caught up in such bad stuff that he ended up becoming homosexual, full on drugs, selling himself on the street. Mm. So he wasn't a homosexual. He started selling his body for drugs. Okay. Sure. My question was this. If he had a friend that was a Christian that he was close with, he'd say, where are you going? What are you doing? Don't do that. You're throwing your life away. So it's the, the, the church system that's put in place. A lot of people say, ah, it's religion. No, it's not. It's there to make new friends. When that thing starts calling, hey, come, drugs, smoke, drink, party. Mm. You know the Bible in Matthew 12 says this. People come with an unclean spirit or evil spirit. And when it is gone out of a man, he walks through the dry places seeking rest and finds none. Mm. That is the spirit that's in a man. So when you receive the Holy Spirit or you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, mm. the demons and the spirits that are in you go. I had to deal with it. I had a demon of, of anger and bitterness and just pure violence. It had to go. And when it goes, you know it's gone because you feel different. And it says this, the unclean spirit goes around, it's got nowhere to go, and it says this, then the demon or this unclean spirit says, I will return to my house from where I came. Mm. And when I find it empty and swept and garnished, so in other words, you've done the work. You say, no, you know what, I want to stop this. I want to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop dragging. I'm going to leave those girls or those boys. I'm not going to sleep around anymore. Now you've cleansed yourself. It says this, then he says, I will return into the house when I came from because I find it empty and clean. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter into that dwelling, and lest they stay there, the man gets worse than the first. Okay, so listen to this. When we say we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have to ask him to fill our lives. Mm. If you're just using words, it's going to be an empty place. Mm. So what happens is, People think, oh, it's an evil spirit. Well, an evil spirit of lust can be, feel good. Mm. An evil spirit of drugs can feel good. Yeah. An evil spirit that teaches you to, to steal and, and get things via wicked ways. When you got it, you got the money, you feel good. So a lot of people think those demons come looking like horns with his teeth and spit dribbling. No, those demons come calling in the night. 
come back to me. I love you. Remember the good times we had. Remember our wedding night. This is what's happening in the church. Mm. And it's allowing, people are allowing these things to come back. Over COVID, I saw it with hundreds of Christians that sat at home, bored, starting to watch shows on TV that they should never have ever watched. Mm. I had a man come to me one day. I said to him, um, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? He says, yeah. He said to me, but I watched the show on TV called Lucifer. I said, it's about the devil. He said, yes. He says, you know, he's very, un he's, people misunderstand him. He's actually a nice guy. This is a Christian man. And what they've done is they've taken Satan and made him look so smart. And everybody hates Satan, but he's evil. And he will send women into your path. If it's young girls, he'll send young men. He will send the thing that has hooked you before, crying out, I want you back. I need you. I need you. Do you remember the good times we had? Remember when you first used that first drug, the high that you got? Mm. Come on, come on back. How do we resist this? It's in the church. You have to be part of a church. You have to be part of a prayer group. You have to go. And, and when I say have to, inside of me, I desire that. Mm. And the pull in the beginning was very difficult. So we've got young Christians having to fight these feelings and they're on their own. And then we wonder why they fall. It's becoming part of God's church, the bride of Christ. In actual fact, King David and this young lady is a perfect picture of Jesus calling his bride. Mm. Even though she had, she, she had been married to somebody else, mm. even though she may have sinned, he was calling her back saying, I love yeah. you, come back. So I want to challenge anybody out there. I want to encourage somebody. You might be battling with your walk with the Lord Jesus. And a lot of people are saying to me, no, I don't want to go to church because it's just about money, this and that. No, it's not. Mm. Go and find fellowship there. They say, well, I can't find a church. Find one. It's the most important thing. Besides your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the church is so important. And people that are mocking the church, they need to understand something. The church is the bride of Christ. So when you say something bad about the church, you're saying it about the bride of Christ. Mm. Become part of a ministry. Get connected with a group of Christians that are maybe even battling with what you're battling with. Mm. But do that. I don't know if you want to add something. <laughs> I, I, li I like what you said. <laughs> yeah, the whole um, story about David. Yeah, yeah uh, I like what you said. Uh, I think it's straight to the point. But it's... It, it, it gives you context why you need to change, hmm. you know, why you need to... Don't go back. Uh, yeah. Don't go back. Yeah. So it, it, it encourages. It also shows the, the benefits. So if you, you start living right, this is, this is the original plan. This hmm. is the original covenant. Yeah. So living right, you, there's two ways. You get religious people, they're living right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's religion. That's actually not helpful. Mm. Living right with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit come in and say, Lord, these are the things I'm battling with. Mm. If it's driven by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to battle as much. Yeah. I've seen people set free of drugs. There, there was a young man that came to us. He was 16 years old. He'd been on heroin from the age of 10. Mm. He stopped. He never had one withdrawal. He never had, there was nothing. He, the Lord just set him free. Today he's still free. I'm talking, he's 26 years old. Mm. So you need to understand that this walk that you have, if you are not with the Holy Spirit, you're just being religious, it means nothing. Mm. You, and it will be easier. 
And you'll find that the Holy Spirit will encourage you through this to stop different things. He'll set yeah. you free. The Bible says Jesus came to set free. Those who are free are free indeed. He came to take our burdens. And these addictions and these lusts are all burdens. And I'm not saying he's taking away your passion of life. Yeah. Because in a decent relationship where there's a marriage, there has to be passion. Mm. There has to be sex. There has to be romance. But it's under the confines of a marriage. Mm. And if you're battling with that, go back and take steps back and say, where did I fall here? What, go and identify why you fell. You probably know already. You know, the devil can come in a very pretty face. He can come for the young ladies, a, a very muscular, wealthy man. He can come in there. He can be the devil. Mm. The devil's very sly. He's a counterfeit. The Bible says he parades himself as an angel of light. That means he, the light is beautiful. It's amazing. It's not. It's a parade. It's a counterfeit. Go and check your life. I think I'm speaking to some Christians that have fallen here. Mm. They started old habits, dirty old habits. Take a, go back and say, where did I come short here? Find someone to speak to. Confess your sins and start over with the Lord today. Mm. Amen. Is there something you want Amen. to do? Amen. <laughs> Anything else? Amen. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to finish now. And uh, I just trust this message just touches hearts. And if there's something crying out to you today, resist it. Don't go back even for one kiss. One phone call, one message, do not do it. Amen. Active FM. Radio has never been better.